Radio Pulpit, 657 AM. So let's cross over then uh, to Prof this morning uh, and uh, we'll come back and conclude. By the way, my family, I do want to mention that uh, we are still looking at at, uh, at stewardship. Isn't it amazing though? Isn't it? You know, isn't it absolutely amazing how, you know, (laughs) I just realized that Utiko led us to study on stewardship now i don't know how much how, how much studying you do whenever we ask you know let's let's learn about the image of god i don't know how much of that you do because i know that each and every one of us we've got our own personal journeys you know you, you've got your own thing that god says you must do um and so it just i i realized that he spoke to us about stewardship in the month of july ahead of what was about to happen in the country so that we could understand what does a steward do you know, and what we saw is a complete lack of stewardship. And so we will be concluding on that next week. I just thought that this message from Prof was absolutely important and timely for our time. Let's cross over. Joining us at this time is Professor Vuyan Ntintili, who is a former global and local lecturer in theology and Bible exposition. He currently runs a ministry fulfilling the Great Commission, which aims to train leaders and ministers in doing the work of the Lord. Uh, Dada, good morning and thank you so much for giving us your time as usual. Thank you so much. Uh, in these perilous times, it's good to be talking. Thank you so much, Dada. Um, you know, you, you really took me off guard with that word, perilous times. I think it was a script I'd almost forgotten. Are we really in that time, Dada? Are we really living in those perilous times? Actually, what is happening is more serious than it meets the eye. Uh, these are really, really perilous times. Uh, why is it perilous? It's because we are just looking on the surface at what is happening, but there are many forces that are at work. There are those uh, the, on the right, on the far right, who will also exploit this situation. So I think that we are very, very superficial at looking at this. This thing is much more dangerous mm. uh, than, than, than we are reflecting on it. Mm-hmm. So these are indeed perilous times, really. It's not, people, it's not hungry people who can be burning factories and burning uh, chemical uh, plants and so forth. Mm-hmm. It's a guerrilla warfare. Sure. You know that one of the one of the most unfortunate uh, characteristics of us humans is that when it gets too big, you know, we tend to scratch only the surface. And you suggest yes. that it's it's a lot deeper than we make it out to be. What are some of the questions that we should be asking ourselves? That are also what are some of the pointers uh, should we be looking at to direct us to the real problem and to direct us towards a solution that is going to be longer lasting than what we've been able to employ so far? I think that uh, as a church, what we need to be doing, sometimes when we pray, we pray that uh, symptoms of a problem might be dealt with. Mm. We don't pray that uh, uh, God should really direct us to the source of the problem. Mm. And therefore, once we pray that the symptoms should be healed, but we don't go to the source, the problem is not is not solved. The problem is 
deeply political in nature. Sure. Uh, so we need to be praying then that God will really deal with the political uh, source of all this mm-hmm. to an extent that there's nothing wrong in praying that God might even remove people who are cancerous. No, absolutely. There's nothing wrong in doing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That God will solve because if these people are removed and God deals with disgruntled people mm-hmm. who have never gave up when we got our independence in, 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 in 1994, mm-hmm. all those elements, uh, we need to be praying about that. Sure. The, then secondly, the church is not proactive. Oh, that's right. Sure. Uh, the church is, when when elections are taking place, we are not praying, uh, literally pray that God will ensure that the right people are elected. Hmm. Uh, we keep quiet. In 2008, we should have prayed, and even in years prior to that, we should have prayed. But now we pray reactively, we don't pray proactively. That's the problem. And the problem is because the church suffers from dichotomy. Mm. Uh, we dichotomize the secular from the spiritual. And therefore, we have this idea that politics are, are evil. Uh, politics are not evil. That's right. They're, they're not evil. It's people. Mm. It's people who are evil. And if we don't engage in politics, we do political analysis, we understand politics, we pray with informed uh, minds and ask God to be helping us. Um, These are issues that we should be really, really, really dealing with. The church needs to be totally involved, not in one aspect of the world in which we live, uh, the Bible says we are the salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, salt, when it is in its container, is useless. Mm. Uh, salt becomes useful when it is spread um, on the food. And it is lost in the food, and then it begins to... Uh, to influence the food, to affect the food. Mm-hmm. So there is no set of society that we should not be influencing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, labor, the labor movement, we should influence that. Uh, politics, we should influence that. Governance, civil services, we should influence that. Uh, the corporate world, we should influence that. Academia, we should influence that. Sports, mm-hmm. we should influence that. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about good governance and writing articles about good governance and training people about good governance, mm-hmm. writing papers that the government can listen to mm. uh, and ask for our expertise. So all these various uh, sectors we should, as a church, um, uh, harness the resources that we have. Mm-hmm. And in the church, we have people who've got skills in these areas. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be scrambling. Uh, there are politicians now in our own churches. Mm. There are academicians in our churches, aren't they? 
Yeah, the the um, uh, labor unionist in our churches. Mm-hmm. Why don't they call them and say, okay, what is happening? What could we do? What is our role? But the church is, ah, is so escapist. Mm, 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 mm. It is as though we we are not in this world. We are not in heaven yet. We are sure. here. We are here. We are in this world. Christ prayed. I pray that you should not take them out of the world, hmm. but you should keep them from the evil one. Where? In, in the, the world. In the world, Dad. In the world. Another thing is that we... We, we suffer from, in, it seems, incurable inferiority complex. What do I mean by that? Uh, by that, I mean that uh, we are not original in our thinking. We ape each other. There's no, there are no fresh ideas. There are no ideas that are different. Uh, because we don't do research, uh, so we duplicate so, Dada, if then we were given, as the church, that opportunity right here and right now, if uh, uh, the president of the country had to call a church council, what would the church say to government at this particular point? And maybe, maybe to be quite clear what it is that I'm actually asking, what would we say the Lord is saying over the situation uh, to government at this point? I think that uh, what we are facing right now is not a time uh, for um, uh, intellectualization. I think that when the house is burning, Mm -hmm. uh, the first uh, uh, priority is to... uh, Put out the fire. Mm-hmm. So, what you should be saying to the government? Why is the government slow mm. in arresting in arresting the current situation? If they don't do so, they give an impression uh, that uh, the government is impotent, and therefore it emboldens the perpetrators of this thing uh, to do more. That's the first thing. The second thing we should say to the government. What plans do they have? Why is the government hesitant to do the right thing? Why is the government so scholarly, so hesitant, so afraid? Why is he afraid? Why is the leader not arising? Hmm. Honestly, that's the question. Why are you not so decisive so that they bring this chaos completely uh, under control. We can't be talking about politics and other things now when the house is burning, isn't it? Certainly, Dada, that may be all well and true. But the fact of the matter, and perhaps a, a, a deserted function of the church, is that the church is an organ that is supposed to provide direction. We can't be asking a government that is clearly and obviously at war with itself, and we ask them the questions. They've not been able to provide those solutions. But I think we are facing this current situation. Now, the church does not have the apparatus that it needs to implement these things. That's right. Sure, sure. 
Yeah, so uh, I think that we, there's time for idealism and then there's time for realism. Mm. I really think that we need to differentiate between idealism and realism. This is the time now for realism. Mm-hmm. I think that we should speak, what we need to be speaking, it is the role of the church mm-hmm. to speak to the government. Do you remember that the prophets in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. they would actually go to the king no, absolutely. and say, oh king, this is what we must do. That, 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 that's what uh, prophets did, uh, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and so forth. They instructed the government of, to the, what, time. of the time what to do. Literally instructed. Literally. Because they were given that space and that voice to operate in that authority. And I guess uh, maybe the other conversation that we should have is, uh, you know, when is the church going to be restored back into its position of authority within within society? Because that is effectively... Can I tell you you why? Yes, Dad. Uh, The problem with the current church, please listen to me now. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem with the current church is the current church is doing exactly what the church did before we got our uh, democratic dispensation. The church during apartheid time was was tied up with the government. Mm. You could not make a difference between the church and government. Uh, the church then and the government. They were in courts. Uh, so that was the problem. Mm. Now, the church after independence did either wittingly or unwittingly did the same thing. And then once you are part of the government, you can't speak prophetically to the government. Mm. Mm. Uh, you are a palace church. Uh, so you can't speak prophetically uh, to the government. Uh, I can give you people who are very vocal and then who stop being vocal. We use the word co-optation. The church was co-opted. And uh, we no longer have credible prophetic voices uh, to uh, to government. And even Frank Chigan is speaking within the government, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, others are speaking within the government, but they don't have a prophetic voice that is totally outside of the government, speaking for God to the government. But you go to the Old Testament and the New Testament, these guys are not part of the government. Mm-hmm. And therefore they could speak uh, with clarity and uh, with credibility because they're not part of the government. Uh, so we don't have those prophetic voices. Uh, I don't know how long will it take us to mobilize such prophetic voices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But another problem now, if you speak of the Pentecostal Church, the Pentecostal Church does not understand serious politics, mm. uh, except they'll be making uh, lousy uh, <laughs> statements here and there. Uh, they don't understand deep politics. Mm-hmm. If you could ask them, what is democratic socialism? Mm. What is Marxist socialism? Uh, what is uh, liberal Capitalism. politics? Mm-hmm. They, they wouldn't understand all those things. 
We don't have people who have got understanding of politics so that you speak to politics with understanding. That is a serious problem. But apart from that, then, uh, I want to say that we are not also not connected to God mm-hmm. so that we can say, that says a lot. Mm. Uh, may God raise uh, in our time uh, people who hear from God mm. and people who have got courage who can speak to the government with divine authority. Mm. Uh, divine authority. Uh, and speak very courageously, sanely, sanely, sanely to the government and raising issues and advising. This is how this, is how this should be done. We should be monitoring if they are doing what they say they will do. Hmm. We should remind them that uh, you promise in your manifesto, you promise to do this and this and this and this. You're not doing it. Hmm. The church in America, for example, is very vocal. Yeah, and involved. I'm talking about the church in America. You can't ignore the church in America. It has a voice. Sure. No, yeah. it, it, they are. No, indeed, they are, Dada. I mean, I, yeah, we could carry on this conversation. And I think the beauty about radio and, and the beauty about media is that, you know, we are able to influence the kind of conversations that should be happening on the ground. We are able to influence the kind of conversation. And we know that change doesn't happen outside of conversation. And so thank you so much, uh, Professor Vianney Tindili, joining us this morning, local and global lecture. Uh, and uh, minister, or rather founder of the Fulfilling the Great Commission um, uh, Ministries, which aims to uh, empower, which aims to train leaders and ministers. Thank you so much for your time, Dada. Thank you so much, sister. Thank you. Bless you. Getzaman bringing us my family to 56 after 6. Uh, that is Dumim Kokstad. And that is the time uh, of the morning where uh, we have to say Tara until next week, Sunday. Uh, I really do hope that uh, if you if you were listening to that conversation with Prof, uh, that, uh, you know, we've picked up a couple of pointers from that conversation. And I think mainly a strong rebuke to the church. Uh, you know, my family, that uh, l- l- let's be active. Active, you know, let's be conscious. Let's be, let's be present. You know, uh, yeah, it's great to pray, and I mean, <laughs> in fact, to pray is probably the probably the main thing that we should be doing. The main thing that should occupy our time. But we've also been called to occupy spaces and places until Christ comes back. And so, uh, some of the decisions that get taken, I truly believe with all my heart, uh, it, it is because as a church, we are not equipping, we are not uh, uh, encouraging, we are not really preparing saints for the marketplace. You know, uh, I mean, if you have in in a boardroom of of what, nine people, if you have only two people who are Christian, guess what? Voting time comes, you're outvoted. Uh, so we we have got to be intentional. You know, um, there's a part that I edited out <laughs> where Prof was giving trade secrets. 
<laughs> you know, about how some of these things can be done, uh, you know, and I wish I didn't edit it out because now I'm playing it, you know, for the people that are supposed to be hearing it, you know, how we can really strategize around preparing the body, equipping the saints and making sure that at every single sector there are Christians so that when decisions are taken, you know, we, we don't, you know, we don't wake up uh, to a decision that's taken and not just be surprised together with them. No, we are the church. We're supposed to be right there in those decision-making bodies. We love you, my family. We truly do. And uh, we sure hope that um, for the rest of this week that you will be strengthened in the Lord. And let's remember what the Lord has said to us today. Um, let's consecrate ourselves and uh, bring ourselves before the Lord and here. Uh, you know, if he will allow us the space and the time to really just come back and covenant with him uh, and to say, Lord, if you're looking for somebody you can use here, I am. And so may the Lord bless you, my family. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and may he be gracious to you and give you his peace this week and every other day. May he protect what belongs to you and may he continue to perfect those things which pertain to you and to uh, your family and to your destiny. We cover you as we cover ourselves in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you need prayer, please send your request to prayer at radiopulpit.co.za or WhatsApp 067-429-7564 or go to Radio Pulpit website on www.radiopulpit.co.za you and 657 AM and life, a winning team on the road to eternity. In today's rush world, there is limited time for yourself. Your cell phone, however, is with you all the time. So why not use it? Visit our Radio Pulpit website with your cell phone and restore your soul. There you can find out more about Radio Pulpit. Download the Bible to your cell phone. Read Word for Today. And you can listen to us online. Just visit www.radiopulpit.co.za. Especially developed for your cell phone. Radio Pulpit, your daily companion. Radio Pulpit's Facebook page makes you more a part of the station than ever before. Now you can give your opinion regarding our programs or even contact your favorite presenter. You can get the latest news and existing programs and communicate with other listeners. Come on, let your fingers do the talking on Radio Pulpit's Facebook page. It's interactive and dynamic. Just visit facebook.com forward slash Radio Pulpit. You and 657 AM and Life, a winning team on the road to eternity.